This week, uh, still in a series called The Tools We Use or The Tools I Use. I don't care what you call it. It's just the tools we use to make disciples and to be disciples. The first week, I talked about many tools, and I said, hey, then we're going to focus on a tool per sermon. Last week, Craig talked about fasting. Wonderful job. Uh, our fast begins January 1st, which is a Saturday evening. Our 606 gathering will be a special time of prayer, worship, and then we're going to have communion together. At that point of communion, when it's done, that's when the fast begins. It goes 21 days to January 21st, which is a Friday, and that's going into our sound conference. It's going to be, I think, very, very powerful. You should, I would encourage you to be discussing the fast that you're going to do. Somebody came into my office this week, had their book with them, and says, hey, what fast are you doing? And we talked about that. Today, I want to talk to you about the number one tool we use as being a disciple or making disciples. The number one uno, you know, ain, number one tool that we use when it comes to discipleship. And that tool is the Word of God. That's the number one tool. All the other tools and everything that we know about discipleship comes from this one tool, the Word of God. So I'm going to camp on that just for a few minutes. Can a follower of Jesus Christ say, I love Jesus. Oh, he's my everything. But I never read my word. I love, I'm so in love with Jesus. And, but I don't like to read his word. Can, can a true disciple, follower of Jesus Christ say that? Well, I don't think that they can. You, you can say, I love Jesus and I don't like to read. <laughs> Understand. But I think if you love Jesus, you'll like to read eventually because you want to read his word. And that's all there is to it. And if you don't know how to read, you learn how to read like Smith Wigglesworth. And the only thing that he ever read in his entire life was the Bible. And so the Bible says in John 1:14, and the word became flesh. Who is that talking about? Come on, go with me, church. Jesus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Every word in God's word is very, very important. That, that brought an awakening to me as a street evangelist many years ago, or after it, after, actually. Grace and truth. I used to preach with those flip-flopped. Truth and grace. I had a a muscle shirt that was red, black letters, and it said, get right or get left. And that's exactly how I preached on the streets. I'd kind of get in your face. Oh, you doing drugs? You going to hell on a grease pole? Just, I had an attitude when I preached the gospel. But I had another friend, his name was Bill, that would lead people to the Lord left and right on the streets. And he preached from a place of grace and truth. You see, if I just mow you down with truth, it's hard for you to receive the words that I'm sharing. And so it's very important that we look at all the words of God, grace and truth, 
because it makes a difference when it comes to impacting people's life. My hope today is that you go away from here with such a value and desire and a love and a passion to live and to do his word, to meditate, to read it, to memorize it every day in God's word, his number one tool. You know, I can always look at a person and see what they value. Not by their lip service, not by what just they say, but what they do. Because a man values what he does, and he does what he values, not what he says. Oh, I value God's word. Well, do you read it? Well, I love the Bible. Are you, do you ever read it? Well, your value system will be birthed out of what you do. So my hope is that you fall in love. You have a passionate love affair with the Word of God going into 2022. Forget all your crazy New Year's resolutions. How about it be, hey, I'm going to read God's Word every day because I'm a disciple. Say that with me, disciple. In the King James Version, Christian or Christians is mentioned three times. Three times. Disciple or disciples are mentioned 260 times. Jesus called disciples. Jesus prayed all night and chose his disciples. He didn't call them Christians. Jesus calls us disciples. And you should be a disciple. It's not just for a few staff people. It's for every person following Jesus Christ. We're called to be disciples. I, I was meeting with a guy this week, and he told me, he said, I was reading Proverbs, and I just shut my Bible and began to think about the Word, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, meditating, reading God's Word. I want you to stand with me. We're going to read a very precious <laughs> section of the Word of God today. It's out of Psalms. It's going to be up there. You might as well turn that alarm off because I've just started. <laughs> Psalms 19, verse 7. You with me? We're going to read on three. You with me? One, two, three. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than that of gold, yea, of much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is worn, and keeping in them is great reward. You can be seated. Stephen came into my office and he was singing this song. And I said, hey, Stephen, I want you to do a solo today. He's going to do a whole, he's, he's the original OG. He's going to sing original right now. Check out, everybody, uh, everybody like above 60, you're going to love this. Because I had put, never heard it, I'm 56. Put those scriptures back up. Ever since I was a teenager, just a few years ago, we sang these verses, and they are still in my heart. And you might need to have 
gray hair on your head to be able to remember this when you were kids. I'm going to just do a couple of verses. Verse 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the hearts. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. There's Woo. something about the word of God that gets into Woo. your heart and never leaves. Four chair turns. <laughs> the voice. The word of God is infallible. The word of God is unerring. The Word of God is unfailing. The Word of God is incapable of being wrong. God, who is perfect, spoke it all into existence. And even as He is perfect, the Word of God is perfect. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That man of God right there, so all you ladies are like, oh, you're talking to this dude right here, but talking to my husband, talking to my son. No, he's talking to you, because the man of God there is men and women, to fully equip each and every one of us. Why so many people lost today in society and running around like no one knows what to do, acting like there is no God, lost, confused in sexuality. You think that heart attacks and heart disease is the number one killer in America. It's not. It's abortion. Spirit of division in our nation. It's all because of the lack of the word of God existing in our hearts, the hearts of our leader, and the hearts of our nations. God's word needs to be released again in our nation. This is not a fad that I preach today. This is not a fad that I preach today. Why? Because the word of God is everlasting. Luke 21, 33 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away away. Everything that we know, all that we do, and the reason why you're here, sucking air, your heart is beating, is because the Creator created. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by, fill that in with me. Oh, come on, do it again. The Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. God didn't take something and make, like we do, like 
Plato and create something. No, God took nothing and created everything through his word. He said, let there be his voice, light. The light that he spoke of back in Genesis is still the light today. You're not all falling apart because he framed you in. All that God spoke then is still speaking today. His word is alive. It still speaks today. All that we know about everything is because of his word. Jesus, over 300 prophecy, has perfectly been fulfilled because of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came. All that was written in his word. Do you know the, the chances of something like that just happening? I don't either because it's so far-fetched, it's crazy. Everything we know about salvation Everything we know about the Holy Spirit, everything we know about Trinity, the church, the church government, eldership, discipleship, prayer, love, God's heart, God's ways, creation, life, grace, worship, praise, mercy, all that we know about all of those things, where do you think it came from? No. Yeah, 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 God, but what? The Word of God. It came from His Word. Everything we know about heaven and hell and eternity and paradise, everything we know about forgiveness and resurrection, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, everything we know about the gifts and fruit of the Spirit and sin and righteousness and holiness and that he's good, that he never leaves me nor forsakes me, that nothing will separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That he's before me, after me, above me, under me. If I made my bed in hell, he would be there. All that we know about these things are because of the word of God. That's why today my hope for you is that you would have a love, passion, relationship with God's word like never before. Why is your life falling apart? Because your Bible is not. Jail, jail, jail. I don't write in my Bible. It's perfect. Pages are perfect. Man, get rid of that one and get one that you'll write in, you'll note in, dog ear in, spill coffee on, give it some character because you've been reading it. Would you hand me those two Bibles right there, please, Pat? Thank you. It's got something in one of them that i got to pull out. How many of you know that his word is sharp? How sharp is it? I got this, uh, went and got this this week, a straight razor. And straight razors are pretty sharp, you know what I'm saying? Shh. Right? Sharp. Nothing compared to the Word of God. This will cut hair and this will cut flesh and maybe cut your organ. But the Word of God will separate your spirit and your soul. And that's so important that you know that. Hebrews 4.12 says, the Word of God is living. Everyone say living. living. It is living. Do not read this like a library book. It is living, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged swords, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Why is it so important that it separates soul and spirit? 
Well, Adam and Eve was in the garden. Guess what they did? They sinned. What happened when they sinned? Before they sinned, they were in perfect unity with the spirit of the living God, with their spirit. And all of a sudden, sin comes. Literally, all hell broke loose. I think spirit and soul totally tipped up, just upside down with inside of a man. And now we want to be led by our soul. If it feels good, do it. My soul is like, <laughs> it's a bad day. It's a good day. You don't want to be led by your soul. It's been jacked up since the beginning of time. You don't want to be a soul man. You want to be led by the spirit. Spirit is life. The mindset on the spirit is life. And the word of God is able to separate those two so that you can have the word of God in you, so that you can be spirit-filled. Man, it's, it's sharp. Cuts like a knife. But it feels so right. Cuts like a knife. But it feels so right. This thing is able to circumcise your heart. I had a lady laugh at that last night when I said it. I said, oh, you, you laughing because you a lady. <laughs> dudes, dudes don't be laughing at circumcision. <laughs> Romans 2.29, no, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. You see, this Word of God, when it's in you, the problem is, I don't know how much is in people these days, but when it's in you, all of a sudden, you say, oh, I'm going to just tell a little white lie, and that word will go, oh, I'm just going to cheat a little bit on my taxes. It's going to circumcise that heart. Oh, I'm just going to, just a little bit of porn. You know, that word will come and it will absolutely convict you, but you got to have the word of God in you. It's got to be in you in order to convict you and to change you and transform you and convert your soul. Oh, I'm just going to cheat a little bit on my wife. It comes and it cuts. Oh, I'm going to embellish here. Oh, oh, a little bit of bitterness. Oh, a little unforgiveness. That word is able to come in and absolutely mold your life. The cutting away of, that the word of God is able to do in our life. It is a weapon. It combats the enemy. Combats the accuser, the tempter. How many of you know what the accuser is? Who knows who the tempter is? I'm going to read a passage of scripture and I want you to see real close how Jesus combated the enemy. Jesus, God in the flesh, the man who became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Guess what he used? Guess what Jesus used? He used the word of God. But guess who else used the word of God? The devil, Diablo, Satan, the accuser, the tempter. Let me read this passage of scripture. It's not on the sky Bible because I want you to carry a Bible too. Hey, you just have no excuse not to tote your Bible, man. You don't have to tote a big old, you know, leather bound all the time, even though that's fine. Paper, electronic, phone, iPad, computer. It's, it, 
you can, to- you can have it anywhere, but you should absolutely have it here. And it goes on to say in Matthew 4, 34, 3 through 10, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are, Man, you got to, ooh, I just could preach on that right there because the enemy will just try to come and just mess with you, question your intent, question who you are. But anyway, that's a different sermon. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Look what Jesus said. And he answered and said, it is written. Say that with me, it is written. Are you able to do that? Are you able to do that? Are you able to say, it is written? Or would you say, oh, I'm scared of the devil right now. He's after me. Somebody help me. You think that's going to do anything with the devil? That's not the living word of God. Oh, it's the devil. I've had a rough my life. You better have the word of God in you. Jesus says, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Where did Jesus get this from? The New Testament wasn't even written yet. Well, it's from Deuteronomy chapter 8. God uses his own word to combat the enemy. And then the Bible says, then God took him up into the holy city. You think that the devil has any problem getting all up in your holy business? You think the devil has a problem messing with you because you're a churchgoer? He took Jesus right into a holy city. Look where he put him at. Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. He'll put you right on top of the church. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. You're going to commit suicide today. Where do you think suicidal thoughts come from? There's people in this room that have suicidal thoughts. How do you know, J.O.? You're a prophet? No, I just know human beings. I know the devil. There's people probably in here today that's suicidal. You got you to wonder where that comes from. You got to wonder if your psychology is helping you. It might. It better be back with the word of God. Because that's what Jesus used. Tempted to commit suicide. This is what Jesus said. He said, goes on to say, if you're the son of man, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, look what the devil uses right here. He uses Psalms 91. The devil knows the word of God probably better than you. So you better know it. You better know his voice. And he says, for it is written, you shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up. Least you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus recognized that. Jesus wasn't going to be manipulated by God's word. And Jesus said to him, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Both using the word of the living God. And the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. I'm thinking, how did the devil do this? And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these things I will give you if you fall fall down and worship me. How can the devil do that? I tell you, I think at Adam and Eve, when they fell into sin, they lost uh, the authority that God wanted them to live in. And the devil ended up with it. And he goes on to say, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Can you say it is written in your life? Is the word of God in you to be able to combat the enemy? Can you say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper? You're lying to me right now, devil. It is written, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, can you say it is written? Not just playing patty.
body cakes with the devil. Don't read the Bible like it's a novel or a Reader's Digest. It's powerful. It's alive. Don't read it like, oh, romance novel. Well, you can get a romance novel. Just go to Song of Solomon. It's got all the romance novel in it you want. But don't read it like that. Don't read it like a history book, though it's his story book. Come on. Don't read it like it's science, though all of a sudden science is trying to catch up with the Bible. Don't read it like, I'm just going to increase my intellect. It'll increase your intellect. Don't read it just because it's a self-help book. It will help you. Yes, it will. But you need to read it for what it is. It is the word of the living God. People ask me, they just, somebody asked me just last week, Jay, how do you read the word? You may have your way of reading it, but for those that don't have a way of reading it, I just want to share with you how I read it. Years ago, I made up this thing called The Passion of Four. And I try to read four chapters a day. That's separate than my studies. Just devotion, four chapters a day. One out of the Old Testament, one out of Psalms, one out of Proverbs. If you don't know it, there's 31 Proverbs, one for every day of the month. And then one out of the New Testament. So starting a new Bible, I might go Genesis 1, Psalms 1, Proverbs 1, Matthew 1. I just keep going. It's hard for me to get out of Psalms, to be honest with you, because it's my favorite book. And I just want to read over and over and over and over. I'm a, I'm a heart guy. I'm an emotional guy. And, you know, Psalms is for the heart. Proverbs is for the head. So I just like to read it that way. But I'll start, okay, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, and then maybe Ecclesiastes, and then maybe Luke, and then maybe Psalms or, or another prophetic book like Jeremiah or something. But I'll just do passionate for every day. Probably in the last 20 years, I don't want to lie, but maybe I've missed reading my Bible maybe 10 to 15 times the last 10, 20 years. I'm just in it every day because I know I have to be in the God's word. I have to get God's word inside of me. I want to lead the church. I want to lead my family. I want to lead my kids. I want to lead my grandkids. Talking about grandkids. This is, this is, I'll start with Jonesy. He's the oldest. My first grandson, whenever he was in the womb, I started reading his Bible. And so it's a journal Bible. I, re, I, read, I read Jonesy's Bible until I finished it. Most of the time, Proverbs 4, and I wrote him little notes every day, and I just wrote to him, and I hope one day that he cherishes it. That's Jonesy's Bible. And then along the journey, here comes Jameson. Jameson is in the womb, and now this is Jameson's Bible, and I'm reading through it, and Poppy writes to him every day. I do all this kind of crazy artwork. I'm not an artist, but I just, he'll be laughing at me one day. And I write history. I write theology. I write all kinds of things in his Bible. But even though I'm reading their Bible, I'm reading it for them and I'm reading it for myself. And I hope one day that they will know how passionate I was for Jesus and his word and for them. I want that to go on in my family. His word has always been with us. Listen to what it says. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was was God. Where did the beginning come from? I will tell you easily. God created the beginning. He created all things. And the word was with. Jesus has always been there. Always with God in the very beginning. This word right here is able to convert the soul of an individual. You want to know what God's will is for your individual life? It's right here in the word. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
then you will know what the good and pleasing and perfect will of God is for your life. So many people want to know the will of God. You don't got to go to some crazy sorcery person trying to read some kind of crazy card or your palm. Come on, give me a break. Get into the real, true, authentic, unadulterated word of God. If you've been doing that other crazy stuff, you need to repent big time because you haven't read the word of God to see what God thinks about that. Word of God will equip you, like I said earlier. The Word of God will cleanse you. How, how many, am I the only one that through life, you know, things happen? It's like walking through, you know, like poo. You get stuff on you in this life. Pain, hurt, suffering. And you need cleansing. Can I tell you what cleanses you? The Word of God. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of the water by the word. Proverbs, I'm sorry, Psalms 119. How can a young man cleanse his way? You might be like, oh, talking to dudes right there. Talking to my husband, talking to my, my son, my grandson. No, when it says how can a young man cleanse his way, it's talking to young men and young women. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to thy word. It will slice. It will lead. It will convict. It will convert. It will renew. It will transform. All in God's word. J.O., I just, I, just, I just lack faith. Just struggling with my faith. My faith is whimpering. And I'm whiny, whiny, whiny because my faith is weak. Faith comes from hearing. And hearing the word of God. Well, J.O., uh, when's the last time you read the word? Uh, six months ago. Okay. When's the last time you ate food? Oh, man, I ate food two hours ago. Well, you need to read the Word of God. You need to eat the spiritual food, the manna from heaven. Come on, the Word of God. We know how to build these physical bodies. How do you build your faith, your spiritual man? One way is reading God's Word. He will build your faith, strengthen your faith. All of a sudden, you will be a spiritual bodybuilder. Come on, somebody, through reading His Word. How many of you, I want you to be very honest, no lying in church. No lying. Don't, don't get all religious on me. Don't lie. How many of you want a successful marriage, business, family, parenting, future, and life? If that's you, raise your right hand. And don't lie. Thank you. J.O., I get that, get, you know, I'm going to get a four-year bachelor's degree and then get master's and doctorate. That, that's where I'm well, you might if they're preaching the word of God. But I can tell you where success comes from. You ready for this? It's very, very clear where if you want a successful life. Joshua 1.8. This book of this law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That... You may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Why does he want you to read it and meditate it? Why? So that you can 
Do it. Live it. And he goes on to say, for then you will. Say that with me, for then you will. We want the success, we want the prosperous, but then it doesn't come after. Until then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It doesn't leave your mouth. It's in your heart. You're living it. You're observing it. You're meditating on it day and night. You're like that 1,200-pound cow in the sun, laying there, get a little grass. Yeah. Thy worm is a lamp to my feet. Lying to my. Mm. To my path. Yeah. Oh, the devil might throw something at me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. There it is. And you're meditating on the word. That's what meditation looks like. It's not a, though the Bible is an Eastern Bible, we don't. Eastern religion it. You don't meditate like Eastern religion. Eastern religion meditation is like, lose my brains. Empty my mind. Empty it. Empty, empty. Don't do that craziness. Let every demon in all hell get in your brain. No, you fill your mind with God's word, with his truths, with his spirit. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody in here today. Stop doing that craziness. How how do you know how to love your wife? God's word. How do you love your husband? God's word. How do you parent? Isn't God's word? How do you raise your kids up? God, how do I treat my neighbors? How do I treat my enemies? It's all in God's word. How could how do I even treat my pet? How do I pray? How do I pastor? It's all in God's word. You want to be fully alive? You want to be absolutely restored? You want to be absolutely rejuvenated? Listen to this word right here. Ezekiel 37, 4 and 5. Again, I I think I need a drummer and a bass player. Do I have a drummer and a bass player here? Oh, y'all need to run up here. Don't, yeah, 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 yeah. Run, release the adrenaline, and I need a real, I, 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 I don't, I need somebody thumping. Let me read this while they're doing something for me. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, old drive, if you're not fully alive, you feel about half dead, you feel dry, you need to do this. He says, hear the word of the Lord. You want life in your life? Hear the word of the Lord. And then he went on to say, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Say that with me. You shall. Stand to your feet. You shall live. Come on. You shall live. Go with me. Go with me. You shall live. Come on, go. Oh, funky it up. Here we go. Here we go. You shall live. Here we go. Here we go. You shall live. Come on. Come on. You. Come on, white people. Come on, white people. You shall. Yeah. You shall. 
shall prophesy to your bones. You shall live. Oh, come on. You shall live. Tell yourself. You shall. Hey, hey, you shall live. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. You shall. One more time. You shall live. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, I love you guys. Come on. Come on. I know I mixed it up, but thank you. Put your hands together for those guys. They're so cool. They're so cool. They didn't even do what, they were, what we planned to do. They just had to go with me. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Tell your neighbor right there, you shall live. It's by the word of the Lord. It's by the word of the Lord. The living word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword, word of God. You shall live. Some young people, and even older, they don't have direction in life. I said it earlier, but listen to me real good. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I may not be able to see out there 10 years, but he's going to direct me every day through his word. But first, I got to be in his word every day. Jay, you, Jay, you asking me to read the word every day? Every day. How about every, every seven days? Every day. How about once a month? Every day. Thy, thy word every day. Come on. It's, 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 it's living bread, manna from heaven every day. How, how often did they pick up the manna? Every morning, unless it was on the Sabbath, then they picked up for two days, every day. Fresh bread every day. Listen, every man in this room right now, I want you to quit making all those crazy January resolutions and just do this one. I'm going to read God's word every day in 2022. I'm going to lead my family. I'm going to lead my wife. I'm going to lead my kids. I'm going to lead my grandkids. Man, I'm, I'm tired of the devil beating me up. I'm tired of depression, anxiety. I'm tired of all that stuff. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of, I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being sick. Every day. Every day. Did you know that the word of God is fire and a hammer? I can tell you right now, when I came to know Jesus Christ, I had a heart as rocky as concrete, cement. I didn't really care if people lived or died. I was sideways. And then I got saved. And then I got filled with the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, man, things change. Why? Because His Word is also a hammer. It'll break your heart apart. It'll, it'll shatter things. Listen to what the Bible says, Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like fire? It'll burn the dross up, all the junk and yunk inside of you. That might not be a word, but you know what I'm saying. You feel me. You feel me. Says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. I'm about through. One thing that I find out about this generation is they'll read the word of God and twist it to make it adjusted for their lifestyle. If you will not twist the word of God, God's word will untwist your life. It will. 
If you, I'm telling you, if you will not twist God's word, it will take the perversion out of your life. What's perversion? Perver- it's a twisted, twisted area in your life. It will take, it will straighten your path if you will not twist God's word. The Bible says this, 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Listen to this, rightly dividing the word of truth. Don't never adjust your life or actually don't never try to make the word fit your life. Make your life fit God's perfect, infallible, unerring word. And he will straighten it out. I know how all this has gone to end to some great degree because I've read the word of God. It's all going to be good. It's all going to pan out. You want to know my end times theology? It's called panology. It's going to pan out. Don't be asking me all the, all these people, you know, have all these different theories on end times. Nobody really knows for a fact, but it will pan out. What's important for us is to be close to God, to know his word, and let his word resonate within your life. I love what Billy Graham says. I've read the last page of the Bible. It's all going to turn out all right. My prayer for you is that if you come in here and you're like, hey, this is what Christianity is for me. I come to church for an hour and a half on the weekend. I'm so glad that you're here for an hour and a half. But he wants about an hour and a half of your life every day. He wants you every day, you guys. He loves you and desires an intimate, intimate relationship with you. He wants you to fall in love with him and have a love affair with his living word. And I just challenge everyone at Heart of the City Church that you would begin giving yourself over to God's word. I tell you what, our world would change. Every leader in our nation, if people would give themselves over to God's word. Amen. You believe me? I don't really care because it's true.